Welcome to Tigers in 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Off the Boards. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me for this episode is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Brooks, obviously a little bit of an impromptu episode with the James Wiseman news. Um, you know, you were, you were really one of the first ones on all these all these different breaking stories, Brooks. So uh, from last night to today, any new developments and, you know, what's what's been going on in your world? Man, this has been one of the craziest 16 hours or so um, that I can remember in recent memory. This has been quite a, a wild ride. Um, actually, regret being so busy yesterday afternoon because I actually had a, a text message to to be able to break the news at 4.16 yesterday afternoon. Completely missed it um, and and you know didn't even see it until about 4.40. Uh, but... Since yesterday, nothing new. Uh, you know, I think we're all in wait and see mode. We've continued to get additional information as it relates to statements from James Wiseman's legal team. Uh, I wrote a full story recapping the timeline that brought us up to yesterday, along with uh, the kind of expectations of what happens moving forward last night. And then we also got the full uh, suit that was filed yesterday in court uh, by James Wiseman and his legal team. And Christian, you broke that down on Go Tigers 247. I think the best thing for this podcast, there's really not a lot in terms of new information that we can say right now. Right. So the only thing that we can really do is kind of clarify what's happened, what what the primary points within that suit are, and what kind of case Memphis has here. So Christian, what was the first thing that stuck out stuck out in what Randy Fishman and Leslie Ballin put together for Wiseman? Well, I think I think to me, you know, right off the jump, um, the there's really three or four things you can point to, but for me, the fact that uh, you actually put it out that Memphis told the NCAA between um, January and May of this year that they had given money to James Wiseman's family to move him from Nashville to Memphis. And that's one of the, you know, that's that's the base of all this. That's why they're coming after James Wiseman and his eligibility is because of the money that was given. They said they had no idea about it, but they were told at the beginning of the year. Um, and then to go from that and seeing the facts that the NCAA sent, in, sent a letter to the University of Memphis saying that James was eligible immediately sent a follow-up letter saying that, okay, we messed up and made an error, but since we made that ruling initially, we're going to stick with that, and James will be eligible. And then six months later, they come back, and now they're trying to do all this. That It just it makes no sense, uh, and I think that's a big part of the reason why James's legal team has such a good case at this point because the NCAA made a ruling, six months, came back, completely changed it. really just doesn't make much sense. Well, and, and Christian, let's let's – take one of the obvious important things here from May until October 31st, Memphis acted under the premise that James Wiseman and James Wiseman acted under the premise that James Wiseman was eligible, right? Nothing prior to October 31st 
gave Memphis or anyone around the program or James Wiseman the indication that his eligibility was in question. So why is that important? Because when we broke the news that James Wiseman was sitting out for uh, a high ankle sprain against CBU, and then later broke the news that James Wiseman was sitting out against LeMoyne Owen for the same high ankle sprain, and everyone on the face of the planet, and Gary Parrish, I'll use you by name since you decided to call me out on air and say disparaging things about my reports, and they ended up being accurate, by the way, just FYI. You said, take it for what it's worth. Take it with a grain of salt. This is the same guy, yada, yada, yada. My report was right. Uh, You're welcome. So nothing prior to October 31st was related to his eligibility. Memphis acted upon every decision whether it was to sit James or play James under the assumption that he was eligible because that's what the NCAA had told Memphis in May. Him sitting against CBU had nothing to do with eligibility. It was prior to October 31st when the NCAA notified Memphis, according to the lawsuit, that they had a new interpretation of the bylaw and were deeming Wiseman ineligible on November 5th. Him sitting against LeMoyne Owen had nothing to do with this. It was prior to October 31st. So, I mean, that's the first important thing for me is is people like to, you know, post facto, you know, hindsight's 2020, try to arbitrarily go back and state that their case, their their statements, their, uh, their news, so to speak, was correct when the reality is that none of this had anything to do with your conspiracy theory. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts all the best from big meets baseball has begun which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank samphill every monday through saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes we'll break down the biggest performers news and prospects who could make an impact this season Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I think the second thing that is really important about this is that James Wiseman made the decision to pursue and continue an ongoing pursuit of of enrollment at the University of Memphis based upon that May ruling that he was eligible. You see other players like R.J. Hampton go overseas making, you know, millions of dollars combined between his, you know, Australian league contract and then his shoe deal. And then you have other guys who, you know, Darius Baisley uh, last year has an internship, gets paid. He had the opportunity. There's no doubt in my mind that James Wiseman would have had plenty of opportunities to pursue pro-level types of, of deals to be compensated 
And yet Wiseman lost out on those deals because he acted on good faith on the initial eligibility ruling in May. So, I mean, to me, that's a massive point in the case that these guys presented on behalf of Wiseman uh, because it, it all goes back to if you go to gotigers247.com, read Christian's breakdown of this lawsuit, count to the promissory estoppel, that point is massive. Christian, what do you think is so big about that point? Well, I mean, I think it's the fact that it's – trying to think of a way to word this nicely, but you you basically – tell a kid he's going to be eligible and that he doesn't need to pursue other opportunities because I don't think James wanted to pursue other opportunities because, as you mentioned, he could have. So you're telling this kid that he's eligible, he's able to play, there's no need to go anywhere else, you can start your career here, build upon it, and potentially go be the number one overall pick in the draft and, and start your career making 8 to $9 million per year. So that's the belief that he is operating on. <clears throat> and then... You pull that opportunity away from this kid, presumably. We don't know what's going to happen down the line, obviously, but that's what you're saying is now you don't have this opportunity anymore. And that absolutely doesn't make any sense because Brooks, I mean, in my opinion, if if Penny Hardaway goes to the NCAA and finds out because of what he has done that James would be ineligible, I don't think Penny takes James, obviously. I think he would push him in a different direction. So it's just all, it all starts from the top. If, if the NCAA handles this properly in the beginning, one way or the other, whether they rule him ineligible, I think Penny pushes him in a different direction because, one, I mean, James has been with Penny for years now. I think Penny loves James and wants the best for James, so he would have pushed him in a different direction. And for James and his family, they could have he could have started his professional career much earlier and started making money if the NCAA did their job and and made the right ruling but they didn't and so now you get to this point and you see where we're at because of it so it's 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 a big point because they basically screwed James Wiseman I mean just in layman's terms uh you took an opportunity away from a kid potentially well and let's just call it what it is Penny Hardaway is new to the NCAA right he he's a guy that in his first month on the job mentioned Ashton Hagens by name in a press conference when Ashton Hagens had not signed with Kentucky um, you know, he he mentioned E.J. Montgomery and committed violations in a press conference, had no clue that they were violations. So Penny Hardaway in 2017, when this alleged event took place, I can imagine he had no idea the impact that it would have later on down the, the road. So, you know, from his perspective, you say, oh, all right, well, we're going to submit this to the NCAA and let them do their job. And what do they do? They come back and say he's eligible. You put it in their hands, and they make a decision that he's eligible. And you you find a course forward based upon that decision. So, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. I think from speaking to both Wiseman's legal counsel and others in the legal field and experts around sports law, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next because – the NCAA will file a notice to appear based upon that November the 18th follow-up hearing. In that notice to appear, more than likely, they will request a notice of, uh, what is it called? A notice of removal. They will request that the case be referred from a state county court to a federal judge. Right. 
And it's in their best interest to do that because, you know, obviously locally Memphis has an upper hand. Uh, it, they're, they're dealing with county uh, chancery uh, judges that rely on elections. These federal judges are appointed and have an, a lifetime appointment. So there's no need to like kind of uh, play to voters with your decision from a, a local perspective with the federal judge. But the bottom line is th- that the the documents that were filed essentially on behalf of Wiseman and the University of Memphis even state that, you know, hey, we gave you all of this info. You had it. You declared him eligible. And now your decision that randomly came back out of nowhere on November the 5th is completely arbitrary and capricious. Uh and it's it should not stand. So the big thing that Memphis fans are going to have to do is wait. We're going to have to let this play out. You don't see this every day. I don't know that we've ever seen an instance like this where a school and a player have just flat out, you know, puffed their chest up at the NCAA and said, "No, that's we're not taking this decision." Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a, an interesting process the biggest thing that cannot happen is a federal court cannot say that Wiseman's lawsuit has no merit and as a result dismiss um the claim and the injunction if that happens the NCAA can then state that their ineligibility decision stands they can then come back and and try to you know, hold Memphis's feet to the fire with sanctions and penalties for playing Wiseman in two games or more. And to that point, Wiseman will play on Tuesday. Yeah, he. I mean, he, unless unless a federal court gets involved before Tuesday night, Wiseman will play on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, night. if nothing happens until the hearing on November eighteenth, then I, I think he plays against Oregon and I think he plays against Alcorn State as well. I mean, Penny said in the press conference last night that he'll continue to play. Um, until until there's some movement, and I completely believe him there. I don't think he's going to pull James just to do it if nothing else is going on. So, yeah, I think he plays Tuesday and then plays next Saturday if nothing else happens. But, at, you know, to your point, Brooks, they do have a strong case from looking through all the court documents, and obviously I'm no I'm in no way saying that I, I know all this legal mumbo-jumbo and, and have a background. But did you stay at a Holiday Inn last night? I may, It made me feel like it reading that court document. Uh, um. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm not any expert on legal documents or anything like that. But from from the outside looking in, I think they do have a good case because it, I mean, if you look at it, the NCAA botched this, and the NCAA has botched a ton of cases over the past few years, and they get away with it. Um, and as you mentioned, with the University of Memphis and Penny Hardaway and James Wiseman co- kind of puffing their chest at the NCAA, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I mean, this could potentially end up being a landmark case for players going against the NCAA. Obviously, we have no idea how it's going to turn out, but when you look at the, you know, kind of the build up to it and and what James and the University of Memphis are doing, it's it's kind of unprecedented because people don't go after the NCAA too much. So, the NCAA botched this. Uh, the University of Memphis and Penny Hardaway and James Wiseman are going to fight it. I think they have a good case. I think they have a good legal team, uh, and it it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I feel like this is one of those things that's going to be the story of college basketball until it kind of comes to a wrap and. I feel like this is is also one of these things that could get pushed further and further and further back into the season and and drag on pretty long. 
Well, Memphis has completely dominated national news for the last nine days, and it's pretty spectacular to see how Memphis has been in the spotlight. This obviously not for great reasons, but I mean, to that end, a lot of the national commentary has been very much in the favor of Memphis. The the only thing you see uh, some national guys like Dan Wolken, like Jay Billis, uh, and others trying to state is that, well, there's no wiggle room. Penny Hardaway was a booster. He gave impermissible benefits to the Wiseman family, to Don DeLay artists, to move. And there's no way around this for Memphis. But the bottom line is this isn't – Memphis's case doesn't lie on trying to argue whether or not Penny Hardaway was a booster. It lies in the fact that the NCAA declared James Wiseman eligible using the same information in May, no new information until October 31st, November 5th, and changed that ruling to ineligible arbitrarily. That's where all of this lies. Um, So, again, no one's making the claim that Memphis can get around the idea that Penny Hardaway is a booster. It is what it is. You know, he donated a million. Nobody can argue that he did not donate a million dollars to build a building in his own name. Um, so I, I think it's a little uh, goofy to try to say, well, there's there's no wiggle room here. You know, it's true. It's that's not what they're trying to say. You know, that's not their case. Yeah, I mean they're <laughs> they're trying to prove that the NCAA screwed this up, and it's it's if you look at the facts, it's a hundred percent true with no new information for six months, and then this happens. I mean, the NCAA screwed this one up. I don't know how you make an error in deeming someone eligible or ineligible, but that's what they did in May. And they admitted that they made a mistake in May, and they said that they wouldn't come back on that, and then they come back on it. So I, that is definitely what they're going at. That is their biggest point, and it should be their biggest point because obviously they can't do anything about that. They can't do anything about that except do what the NCAA says they can do, which was play James Wiseman, and that's what they did, and now the NCAA is coming back on it. So nothing you can really do about that. Uh, it's just – Yeah, so let's let's wrap it up. I mean, there's there's nothing more to say. You know, the, right. the full breakdown is on Go Tigers 247. It's very clear what Wiseman's legal team is trying to argue. Uh, the steps were laid out very clear by us last night on Go Tigers 247. So everything is there. It's just now a matter of waiting to see how the NCAA responds once they get in touch with Wiseman's legal counsel. Um, So stay tuned. We'll obviously be uh, passing out updates as we get them. You know, the, the moment that we can, you know, get news that we can share, we will be doing that. So until then, you know, just know that, um, you know, we we will have our finger on the pulse. We won't be making up stories. We'll report this with honesty. Uh, and we will continue throwing shade until given credit where credit is due. Christian, you got anything else? Uh, we actually did an interview with Representative Steve Cohen about the whole situation. If you did not know, which I did not know, Steve Cohen is a Go Tigers 247 subscriber. Uh, and a huge Memphis fan. So I spoke with him about uh, kind of the process of all this and and his thoughts on it uh, with the situation between the NCAA and James Wiseman. He gave some great commentary. He actually spoke to James after, I believe it was after the game last night. So 
Representative Cohen spoke with James and had some kind words for him, and he goes into that a little bit. Uh, but overall, a great interview, and, and hope you guys enjoy that. All right, so stay tuned for this episode. After this episode, we'll be publishing the episode with Representative Cohen. And obviously, stay tuned to Go Tigers 247. Right now, if you've never subscribed to VIP, you've got a two months for the price of a dollar. Uh, you can't beat that. We've delayed posting the tidbits from Tiger Beham VIP podcast because of how crazy we, it was scheduled to be published last night with the game. And obviously that did not happen. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. If you haven't subscribed, head, head over to Go Tigers 247. Give us that dollar. We'll let you in for two months. So Christian, if you got nothing else. All good. I got nothing else. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information.